the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 8.35 on Christmas Eve. Jack Campbell's still at his desk. Now there's a hallmark moment for you. Peter, I don't see you rushing home to trim the tree. That's because I'm a heartless bastard who only cares about money. Well, you know what? God love you for that. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Welcome to show number 416, the last of eight years on the air here at 590 The Answer. And you know what? You know where? You know I've been I've been accused of being a heartless bastard who only cares about money. And uh, you know what? I, I use that clip from the movie The Family Man because you know what? As we get into these holidays where we're having hearts, I think I think uh, my heart tells me I need to tell tell a lot of you out there that. The difference between the winners and the losers, the difference between the people that make a lot of money and that make a little money, the difference between the people that are successful at every area of life and any other area of life, you know, and, and there's all kinds of success out there, but the difference is not how, who, what your skin color is, it's not what your religion is, it's not what Democrat, it's not what a, a political party you're involved in, it's how you think. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, Anthony Robbins, Anthony Robbins once said that if you took the, all the guys, all the most successful people in the world and you took all their money away from them, 18 months later, they'd all have it back because it's the way they think. It's not what they have. It's not the opportunities that they were born with. It's the way they think. And you know what? This is what we need to be thinking about as we go into 2016 and, uh, New Year's is coming up, uh, what next Thursday, and uh, and it's time for to, for people to make some uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, make some make you know it's always a, a new start and it's time for people to realize maybe maybe make some resolutions to start thinking different to start paying attention more and uh, uh, you know live with your eyes open. I think uh, 2015 has been a year where we got our eyes opened. You know, if when the terrorists are hitting San Bernardino. You know what? We always wondered when they were going to hit Las Vegas or Los Angeles or, uh, you know, they always hit New York or Washington, D.C. But what, you know, Los Angeles is is the second most dense, uh, uh, most populated city in the in the country. And Las Vegas, talk about that and maybe not have the most populated, but just think how many people are there all the time. And they hit San Bernardino. Nothing is safe, folks. Nothing is safe. Uh, so, you know what, we're going to, I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff that's gone on this week and I'm going to try and give you my perspective on thinking about this. Cause I think, uh, this is a week of, of, uh, of, uh, reflection and I want to, I want to point some of those things out, but first let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman. 
President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Marino Valley. Also offices in Orange, Corona, Temecula, Downey, and Westlake Village to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are lots of opportunities out there that are real estate, if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you want to do it the young young way where you go on the computer and just put in some information, go to edhoffman.net, click on uh, apply now, put in as much information as you want me to have, and let us know how much information you want back uh, to uh, help complete your puzzle of your real estate financing puzzle. And we'll uh, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, or Justin Clark, and we'll help dial you into um, whatever whatever seems unclear in your quest for for uh, real estate financing, real estate riches, real estate whatever whatever you're thinking about doing. I've done it, and I'll try to. You know, they say experience is the best teacher, and I always add in as long as it's somebody else's experience. Um, otherwise it's just wasted time. So, uh, so believe me, I've made, uh, I've made about all the mistakes that you guys can make and, uh, have survived them and have come back to make smarter, smarter choices and, uh, have, uh, been quite successful at that. So if you want to get information at Hoffman.net, click on apply now, give us the information. If you want something repeated, you want to hear, hear something played over, you can uh, also go to edhoffman.net, click on listen to the main event, hear this show as well as four past shows, or you can uh, get a podca- get me on podcast on iTunes, where you can uh, go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman, click on, uh, click on, my, uh, on my podcast, and you can subscribe for free, have it download to your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, your iPhone, your computer, whatever digital kind of uh, thing you have that works on iTunes. Or you can get, or you can go to uh, AM five ninety The Answer. Get the podcast on there as well. So if you if you need something repeated, there's a dozen different ways for you to to get that. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman at E D H O F F M A N. I tweet about current events all week long, and uh, I try not to. Uh, I don't have to be as as uh, um, politically correct. On Twitter, as I am on the radio, although usually I try to <clears throat> try to be somewhat somewhat politically correct, or you can get on Facebook and search Facebook for uh, the main event five ninety and find our show page, and you can read my weekly opinion columns in iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab and see the full list of comment of of columns. So Obama Obama ended his year this uh, this year. With a uh, with an end of the year interview with NPR National Public Radio, which incidentally is paid for, guess who, us taxpayers, and just in time for Christmas, he's back to bashing average Americans, um, and also pulling the race card. Although I didn't use that clip this week, um, telling everybody that they're they're afraid of him because he's African American or something to that effect. Um, I didn't want to I didn't want to bring that up, but I just did. Um, so he's back, he's back to bashing average Americans when interviewer Steve Inskeep, um, asked him why, why the the question of national identity has come up so much this year. Obama suggested it had to do with demographic change combined with economic insecurity. He, he began by saying, well, national identity has been at the forefront throughout America's history. He believes the country is inexorably changing for the better. And then implied that some of us are scared of that change. 
me play a minute of that interview. But I do think that when you combine that demographic change with all the economic stresses that people have been going through because of the financial crisis, because of technology, because of globalization, the fact that wages and incomes have been flatlining for some time, and that uh, particularly uh, blue-collar men uh, have had a lot of trouble uh, in this new economy uh, where they're no longer getting the same bargain that they got when they were going to a factory and uh, able to uh, support their families on a single uh, paycheck. Uh, you combine those things, and it means that there, there is going to be potential uh, anger, frustration, uh, fear. Some of it justified, but just misdirected. Uh, and uh, you know, I think somebody like Mr. Trump's taking advantage of that. Uh, I mean, that's what he's exploiting uh, uh, during the course of his campaign. He's exploiting. He's exploiting the the demographic change and the the lack of the the technology and globalization that the blue the blue collar workers don't have the same bargain as they had. You know what? Does that even make sense? Well, you know, the blue collar workers in this country don't have the same bargain. Hmm, I don't know if that that word really fits in there, the same bargain. You know, where they used to be able to have one job and pay all their bills. Well, they're they should be entitled to that. They should be entitled to that. And and let's talk about let's talk about why. You know what? In in what was it, two thousand eight or was it two thousand nine when uh GM and Chrysler filed for bankruptcy? And if you read the book, Where Have All the Leaders Gone, by Lee Iacocca, a man that, in my opinion, uh, has some pretty firsthand knowledge on uh, on why the auto industry is or isn't profitable. He brought Ford, he, he, he probably made Ford what it is today when, they, when under his watch they created the Mustang in 1965, was it? 1965, the first Mustang, 1967, the first Camaro. Four nineteen Dan says 1964 was the first mistake. I know 1967 was the first Camaro because I'm more of a GM guy. But, uh, you know, Lee Iacocca was the head of Ford when the Mustang came out. And uh, as Chrysler was ready to file bankruptcy, um, they they brought Lee Iacocca and he brought out the uh, the minivan, the cab forward, the uh, K-series, a bunch of ugly cars that apparently were fairly uh, – fairly, uh, uh, reliable and they sold for a reasonable price and brought Chrysler into being profitable again. And Lee Iacocca said that uh, that and I this I believe this book was two thousand and eight. I think it was right before the uh, the first Obama election. Could have been two thousand twelve, but I think it was two thousand eight um, when I read it. Um, he said he said in that Toyota Toyota sells as many cars in America as as uh, General Motors does, and General Motors loses hundreds of millions of dollars, and Toyota makes hundreds of millions of dollars. And the reason for that is the unions, that the unions have bargained themselves into such such a good uh, such a good deal for the workers that the company can no longer afford to build the same quality product for the same price that Toyota can, which doesn't employ the unions. So, and I think, and I think that's, you know, they, he talks about a thing called the jo- uh, the jobs bank problem or job jobs bank program, whereas there's something in their in their contract where if a if an auto worker is 
is replaced with a with robotics with a machine. If somebody invents a machine that can do what a what a uh, what a man used to have to do in the in the auto uh, industry, that the that union worker is entitled to be to continue to still get paid until they find it until they replace his job. So you got all these people that get replaced for whatever task on the line, so that uh, General Motors can has a machine do it, and these guys are sitting at home until they find a job or until till the General Motors reemploys them. They have to pay them full price, so they can't even they can't even uh, advance any. So there's no way for them to do it while their competition in Japan is doing exactly that. They're modernizing their 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 uh, their they're what are they um they're creating they're they're replacing man-made labor with machines and and i'm not saying that's good or bad but the unions tied the company to where they couldn't save themselves any money and stay competitive and sell more cars i mean they could have sold more cars and still employed just as many people um but the way the union union contracts the union contracts go why would somebody go do a different job? Hey, I, I don't have to do anything. I sit on, sit on my butt at home and watch Oprah. And until they come up with a new job for me that pays me just as much as I made before, I still get full pay. I don't know, full pay for going to work or full pay for watching Oprah. Uh, you know, I guess people in Detroit, more of them thought Oprah was the was the winner there. And you know what? I saw this... Uh, and I and I saw this this clip from uh, from a, a special on uh, HBO or Showtime, and it's and it's about Rocky. It's called From Rocky to Creed, and it's a one hour documentary talking about how Sylvester Stallone created the character Rocky, and and evolved into Rocky two and evolved into Rocky three, and how the character evolved and. Um, and how, you know, it became, you know, Rocky five was supposed to be in and he didn't like that. And then he wrote Rocky Balboa, which he, he was, he was completely satisfied with. And then, uh, somebody, some filmmaker, and I forget the guy's name, um, but, uh, this guy's on, on it, but he, he, he doesn't want this, this saga to die. And he writes a screenplay for it and convinces, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone to do the movie Creed, which if you haven't seen is excellent, it is an excellent movie. And it's, uh, probably one of the best of the series, um, from the standpoint of they didn't make it a, uh, se- they didn't sequel the sequel you to death. You know, it, it was a, it was a natural progression and they didn't, it wasn't half the movie wasn't flashbacks from the other movies, which a couple of the, a couple of the films were, but for those of us that are, uh, but you know, let me let's talk about this film was was made in 1976, and in 1976 they had a one million dollar budget, or else Rocky never would have existed. Let me play this little piece. With a budget less than a million dollars, the producers had to save money wherever they could. This was done in 25 days. It was done with the most primitive equipment possible. The setting also helped keep the budget down. Every movie seems to be about New York, Chicago. Nobody ever does anything about Philadelphia. The idea was to film in Philadelphia as long as we could until the unions found out about it. I had to do everything kind of quietly because what if the Teamsters found out? I was like, no, I don't want to do I don't know nothing. I'll break my legs. I know nothing. 
One of the most memorable moments of the film was the training montage. It wasn't planned as a, okay, this really well thought out montage. I just kept doing everything. Climbing up fire escapes. I was running through parking lots, shopping malls. You have no idea. It was just because we were illegal. We were not union sanctioned. So I would jump out of a van and do these things. For example, up and down the steps. And you know what? You think about the up and down the steps, up and down the steps, and these these great these great scenes from the movie Rocky and the Rocky Two and Rocky Three and all these, and what they mean. You know what? This wasn't a series about this wasn't a series about boxing. This was a series about about overcoming, about the will to succeed, about being an underdog and and still persevering. And uh, you know, it's not about how hard you can hit; it's about how hard how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <clears throat> you guys are all listening, and you know, you all know those lines by heart. You know, we you know, hey Rocky, do one thing for me. Win. You know, you know all the. You, that's Rocky too. What's the Rocky three? The Eye of the Tiger, man. The Edge. You got to get it back. And so you guys all, you guys all know that Rocky four. I must break you. Uh, you know what? Think about that. If it wasn't for the unions, Rocky never would have been made. Rocky two, Rocky three. None of none of that. That's part of our pulp, our pop culture would have ever been there. And how much does that mean to how many of us guys and how many of you women out there that watch these movies and you love these things, except for uh, my assistant, Michelle, hasn't seen any of them. And I told her she can't work for me in 2016 unless she goes spends the whole the whole Christmas weekend watching all of them Um, because I just can't have anybody like that. But think about think about where Obama's coming from. Donald Trump is exploiting what's going on in 1976. The the unions had when they made that film. The unions had already already become a problem to to making progress. The unions came in came in in what the fifties the forties when uh, when workers were getting abused and to protect uh, truckers' rights and you know the 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 conditions under which they had to work to keep their jobs and and that was a good thing at that time because that was the industrial age. We're in the information age now, folks. A college degree isn't isn't worth the same amount it used to be. It isn't as important as it used to be, and the and being part of a union isn't as important as it as it used to be. And being a and hey, what about what about Walmart? Walmart's not union. Oh yeah, they're the number one they're the number one uh, retailer in the world now. How come how come how come they're the number one retailer and they're not union? Because they're able to do stuff that other companies can't. Yeah, but that's not good for the workers. Yeah, it is because they employ lots and lots and millions and millions of workers. And, you know, for those, for, for those that want to work hard, the, the Walmart company, the, the Walton company, that's also Sam's club. I seen a lot of people in, that work at Sam's club that aren't the brightest bulbs on the tree that worked hard. that aren't the sharpest tools in the shed that aren't the, uh, uh, brightest bulb on the tree. I don't know, whatever it is, uh, you know, that aren't the smartest guys you'd ever see. But they worked hard, and they and they were they worked hard, and they were loyal, and they and they climbed their ladder, and they're they're managing Sam's Club stores, and they're making six figures with no college degrees. How does that happen? That's blue collar jobs. If you don't have you don't you're not wearing a white shirt. You're 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 working a warehouse store, and you're making hundred hundred fifty thousand two hundred thousand dollars a year managing a store cause just because you worked hard. Maybe uh, Obama's the one exploiting the 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 bargain because he's he's uh, made him he's got the enough blue collar workers to idiotically vote for Obama. 
and for Hillary Clinton and for all these Democrats that say they're, they're for, the, for the workers and they're not. They're not. They're not for opportunity. Oh, you just want the, the rich people to get. You know what? Sam Walton, Sam Walton before he died, or the Walton Company, one of the richest companies in the richest families in the world. How many jobs do they do they create? Wake up. Oh, wait a minute. What kind of jobs was the Keystone Pipeline gonna gonna have? Were those gonna be lawyers or doctors or were those gonna be blue collar uh, pipe layers, pipe layers and pipe fitters and and refinery workers and all those? How you know how much how much was that? How many jobs did he destroy there? Because he wants to make sure we don't pollute the environment, create climate change. Come on, folks! Time to wake up. Wake up and start thinking. Because the difference between rich and poor is the way you think. The difference between successful and unsuccessful is the way you think. And I don't care if that's success by money, sex, success by love, success by uh, what you, what, you know, charity, whatever you do good in the world. The difference between being successful in anything you do and not being successful is the way you think. My 2016 gift to you is go out there and buy Rich Dad, Poor Dad and read it if you haven't read it already. Even if you're never going to invest in real estate, it teaches you about changing the way you think about money. Okay, so anyway, I should be I should write my own book so I could sell my own book. I can get people to go buy that. So this week we had, uh, let's, go, let's go on to the next subject, which was uh, Saturday night I had a party at my house. So, uh, but I DVR'd the Democratic debate that most of you guys didn't know was on. And uh, because I didn't know until like that afternoon, I go, really? There's a debate tonight? The Democrats are debating tonight on Saturday? How come nobody's talking about it? But it was on ABC. Um, uh, they were had, it happened in New Hampshire, their final debate of 2015, which aired on ABC, while the other Democratic debates throughout the selection season both of them, have focused on topics only Democrats care about, like climate change and gun control, for example. This one took a slightly more serious tone for a few minutes anyway, thanks to the recent terror attack in San Bernardino. For once, Democrats finally decided that talking about ISIS was more important than talking about transgender bathroom laws. Give me a break. So uh, here's Hillary Clinton arguing about that ISIS can be defeated, that argue that ISIS cannot be defeated until we throw our support behind the Syrian rebels who are supposedly the good guys who want to get rid of ISIS and the Syrian dictator Bashar Assad. We will not get the support on the ground in Syria to dislodge ISIS if the fighters there who are not associated with ISIS but whose principal goal is getting rid of Assad don't believe there is a political diplomatic channel that is ongoing. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds sounds like some hogwash. And uh, Bernie Sanders, the Democratic uh, socialist, uh, came out and spelled it out for her. We have got to get our foreign policies and our priorities right. The immediate, it is not Assad who is attacking the United States. It is ISIS. And ISIS is attacking France and attacking Russian airliners. The major priority right now in terms of our foreign and military policy should be the destruction of ISIS. Well, that's like clarity from Mr. Magoo. You know, the whole, oh, well, we're getting attacked by ISIS. Oh, uh, for those of you that are too young to know who Mr. Magoo is, you should just Google it and you'll kind of see the resemblance of how Bernie Sanders, he kind of looks like Mr. Magoo, doesn't he? Except for does Mr. Magoo have that much hair? 
I don't think he does. Um, it's been a long time since I saw him, but look him up, Mr. Magoo. That's Bernie Sanders. But the substantive, substantive, the substantive comments, the the comments that made sense didn't last too long. Eventually, Hillary Clinton decided that that a discussion on ISIS was an opportunity to attack Donald Trump, since he's called for the temporary ban on immigration from Muslim countries in the light of the San Bernardino attack. Let's listen. He is becoming ISIS's best recruiter. They are going to people showing videos of Donald Trump insulting Islam and Muslims in order to recruit more radical jihadists. Yeah, right. Can you call BS on that? You know, where have we heard the same story before? Uh, you know, somebody made a video and they're and they're and it caused a a uh, a uh, uh, what's the word? A, a spontaneous attack on our on our on our embassy in in Benghazi in Libya. It was just a video that offended Muslim people, and they just had a, a, a spontaneous attack. And it was that video, and that guy who made that video is still in jail, and Hillary Clinton is not. And something's wrong with that, folks. You know where have we where have we heard this before? It just it just makes me. You know what does. Can she even? She can't even come up with with new and different stories to sell, tell the same lies. You know the evidence that videos Hillary mentioned are nowhere to be found. Uh, the ISIS recruitment videos that are online typically show images of American presidents, including Obama, Bush, and even her husband Bill Clinton. There's no ISIS video to be found featuring Donald Trump. And uh, incidentally, um, we're gonna we gotta we gotta break for some uh, commercials and some uh, traffic. I'm gonna catch my my thought of what I had to say right there. Don't go away. We'll be right back to part two of the main event. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Your local direct mortgage lender. Hey, Wholesale Capital, what is that? Are you guys a financial management company? No, we're a mortgage company. And what do I do for a living? I do mortgages. I help finance houses. I help people learn how to how to do the right thing with their money and their uh, strategic financing and uh, reverse mortgages and uh, and guide you into, uh, into happy real estate transactions. And for those of you that uh, hear people talk about... Uh, Hey, you come to one place and you can get your mortgage and your loan. Uh, any any guy that does mortgages and loans is doing a disservice to their real estate clients and their lending clients because too complicated these days to uh, to do anything part time. So before the so anyway, so if you if you're interested in getting a talk talk to somebody with common sense and uh, thinks like you and you want you need some real estate financing, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Call me at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. So uh, before the break, we were talking about how Hillary Clinton is uh, is blaming the uh, the that uh, Donald Trump videos that that's a recruitment tool, and you know, and and I and I lost my train of thought right as we were going to break. Um, the one thing I wanted to say, you know, what she talks about this is a great recruit. They're they're using videos of of Donald Trump uh, for recruiting videos, and I'm sure. That the next week we're probably going to see some recruiting videos that the Hillary Clinton campaign created using some footage of Donald Trump, and they'll they'll just say ISIS did it, and they're recruiting. But you know how Obama says he had to close down uh close down uh Guantanamo Bay, uh Cuba where we have all the uh, war the war uh, prisoners prisoners of prisoners of war no enemy combatants 
there, people that were involved in uh, in attacking uh, the United States and fighting against the United States that we that we got in Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, people like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who apparently mastermind the 9-11 attack on uh, the World Trade Center and uh, the Pentagon and what would have been the Capitol or the White House where if the if Flight 93 hadn't, hadn't gone down. Um, but we, we continually hear that, that they use that as there's no better there's no better recruitment tool than keeping Guantanamo Bay open. But you know what? In, 19, uh, in 2001, the 9-11, the, the planes hit the towers, hit the Pentagon, and hit the, hit the ground in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. You know how many people we had in Guantanamo Bay at that time? None. It was a, it's a Marine base. It's not it's not a jail for for enemy combatants at that time, and a couple of years before that, when the when they uh, they bombed the SS Cole in uh, in Yemen, there weren't anybody in there wasn't anybody in Guantanamo Bay at the time, but somehow they recruited people anyway. So Obama says, "Hey, there's never there's not a better recruiting tool than keeping Guantanamo Bay open." How do you know? You know, you're born to a Muslim dad. Uh, brought up by a Muslim stepdad and your mom in Indonesia, which is 95% Muslim, and you didn't come back to the United States until you were a teenager, and you say you're a Christian, but we've never seen you go to church except for one time since you've been in in in, uh, in office. And, of course, the church you used to go to, uh, Reverend Wright, didn't look all that Christian to me. <clears throat> so, anyway. Think, folks. Think. Because the wool is being pulled over your eyes. And we can't afford to have this continue in 2016. So Hillary's firing off all these attacks. And then uh, uh, Donald Trump, uh, There's a, they, they found Donald Trump. So Trump spent Sunday and Monday attacking Hillary interviews. Uh, this one on the Today Show. Let's hear what he said. You're talking about people dying. You're talking about making up tapes and videos which don't exist. Her spokesperson last night made the statement, and I think she said she was sorry. She said the videos do not exist. Her spokesperson said this. So what am I going to tell you? Now, I would say this, Matt. I will demand an apology from Hillary, okay? You can be the messenger. I will demand an apology from Hillary. She should apologize. She lies about emails. She lies about Whitewater. She lies about everything. She will be a disaster as president. She will be a disaster as president of the United States. Let's make damn sure that she's not president of the United States because this country is too great to go down in flames. It's going to be amazing if if Trump or uh, or Cruz or Rubio or Carly Fiorina or anybody who who takes that office is going to be able to uh, uh, reinvent reinvent or uh, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for to uh, reignite the flames of of the United States of America. But uh, we'll see. We shall see. Um, but for sure, Hillary Clinton will drive it farther, farther and farther into the, into the toilet. So, uh, so now Hillary's campaign is backing away from the video claim. And, uh, this is what one of her campaign aides told George Stephanopoulos on Sunday. They are using him. They, he's being used in social media by ISIS as propaganda. 
should have a particular video in mind, but he's being used in social media. You don't have a video, as she said. She's not referring to a specific video. Site uh, International Group, which monitors, this is what they do, they monitor social, they monitor ISIS on social media, they monitor other terrorist groups on social media to see what they are using, and they have said that they are using him in social media as propaganda to help recruit support. Oh, they have said that? So the Hillary campaign is talking to ISIS? Is that what she just said? Did she just say they've they've said that they're using that that video that uh, that footage on social media to recruit? They said that to Hillary campaign. Are you worried, folks, about Hillary campaign? You know, uh, Hillary Clinton, the possibility that there's enough stupid people in this country to vote for her that she's talking to ISIS and they're telling why are this why is she so friendly with ISIS? Or is it just BS coming out of somebody's mouth? We're just doing damage control. She never said it was a specific video. Yeah, right. Whatever. Can you say backpedaling? Amazing. So uh, Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan, last week is being uh, heavily criticized, also by you know myself and Scott McAfee last week, uh, being Speaker of the House, being forced to defend himself. After the House and Senate approved a $1.1 trillion omnibus spending bill last week in order to avoid government shutdown. You know, because we can't have a government shutdown. Why not? Because there's so many stupid people out there that think government shutdown is is bad and all of a sudden that we're not going to get votes. I think at some point you got to go on faith and, and just say the truth and hope that enough people have enough brains to, uh, to follow you. So, uh... Here's what here's a recap of what the bill provides for. Um, $8.14 billion for the Environmental Protection Agency. The Environmental Protection Agency, that's the agency that says, you know, when uh, for those of you that know where wholesale capital is, we we built our building on a lot right next to the 60 freeway on the south side between uh, uh, Pigeon Pass and Hecock off ramps on the 60 freeway going east. Um, there is a bigger lot that that also bordered Sunnymead Boulevard and then it backed up to the, it was bigger, way much more expensive. Um, and we could have done, a, we could have done a lot more when we built our building. But uh, my realtor told me that there's a blue line stream that runs through there, which I don't know exactly what that means, but it meant some little, some little, uh, little frogs that live in these little streams that are accumulated by, uh, by rain in the uh, in the the ditches of empty lots, apparently it has a little kind of a stream in there, because there's not a river on that lot. It's just dirt. It's between Sunnymead Boulevard and the 60 Freeway. You know, if you know the area, it's a couple of lots down from the between Burger Town and the Shell Station or that motel over there. And and my realtor said you can't do that because you're going to spend two years getting through the the EPA to get the permission to build your building because there's a blue line stream. They're going to make you relocate all the little tiny, little itty bitty tiny frogs that are in there. All righty then. So we end up buying a different and that, and that lot still remains empty today. Um, 11.8 billion for the federal transit administration, the FTA, $11.8 billion. I thought when you get on the, on the FTA buses, you, you put like a dollar in the in the little coin thing. You buy tokens or do you put quarters in it? I don't know, but I thought that's how they paid for them buses, especially those clean burning uh, natural gas ones because those don't take up very much gas. 
I don't know. That's what I always thought when I see him going down the street and I see people getting him in, getting in them and putting money in. I have my own car, so I don't usually drive those things, but I do use the, uh, the federal, the federal New York transit system called subways when we're in New York. And that's pretty cool. Or up in the, the Bay area, the Bart, the Bart, um, from, uh, Oakland to San Francisco. That's pretty cool. And, uh, $19.3 billion for NASA, $19.3 billion for NASA. Let me think. $19.3 billion for NASA. Now, why do we collect taxes? Let's ask this question here. Why do, why do we pay taxes? So the government can spend it on stuff like $19.3 billion for NASA. Everyone goes, you can't stop the space program because if you stop the space program, people will stop dreaming. You know, the July 20th, 1969, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. I was uh, seven years old, uh, almost eight years old, glued to the TV at my uncle's house because I don't remember what we were there for, but some event in July because uh, it was July 20th, and I remember standing there in front of the black and white TV watching watching Neil Armstrong uh, uh, step onto the moon. So I don't know. That's pretty. They're pretty excited. But has anybody heard about this thing called SpaceX? Isn't SpaceX part of the same guy that uh, that did Tesla? I don't know. So it was Elon Musk. So do you see what they did this week? They landed a, a rocket. They had the rocket take off like the old uh, Saturn V rockets, I think they're called, that used to send up the the space capsules to orbit the Earth and go to the moon and all that stuff. And it landed vertically, and it just landed on the on the pad so you could reuse it. All these years, NASA's been building rockets, and they, they, they spend millions and millions of dollars, and up goes the rockets, and then it separates, and it lands in, lands in uh, the Atlantic Ocean. But now SpaceX designed one that you could you could send it up and keep reusing it. I don't know, but that sa- just sounds to me like it would save money. I'm not really smart about space exploration or rockets. Uh, you know, I'm not the, the guy from uh, October Sky, although I've seen the movie 1,400 times about October Sky, um, and where the, the rocket guy that uh, helped create all that stuff that grew up in Colville, uh, Kentucky, or West Virginia. I remember that. But I'm just a simple guy, and I just think like a rich person, like a successful person. And it just seems to me that if you can reuse those rockets, it would save a lot of money. So, uh, And that's America. We don't need to pay taxes to do this stuff because Elon Musk will put up the money or somebody else will put up the money, and uh, and they'll create this stuff, and then they'll charge charge for it. When it has to do government jobs, they'll charge the government for it. We don't need to pay, we don't need to, pay to, to develop it. Let somebody get rich when they put out their money and they develop it. Same way as we do with with uh, ethanol and every every other alternative fuel. Let somebody invent the perfect solar panel, the perfect windmill, the perfect uh, gas alternative, uh, ethanol or whatever. If they can create Mister Fusion, where you put your your uh, your garbage out of your trash can into a little Mister Fusion thing on the back of your DeLorean, hey, let somebody make some money on that. Let them develop it. We don't need to pay taxes and let the government can do it because no matter what the government does, it costs twice as much. Takes and it's and it costs twice as much and it's it's only half as much efficient. So uh, so the uh, so it it also features provisions. This uh, this omnibus bill that Paul Ryan let pass last week also provides 
uh, provisions that preserve sanctuary cities. Oh, we like that. So illegal aliens can come. Refugee settlement programs. Oh, we like that to bring people in from other countries and settle them in someplace where we don't know where they're at. Uh, foreign worker visas and tax credits for illegal aliens. All things that are completely at odds with the conservative ideals. It also allows for continued uh, continued funding for Planned Parenthood, even though the House already voted to defund the abortion giant, the bill that is uh, scheduled for Obama's desk in January. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Ryan contends that Republicans are getting wins in this bill, and uh, here's what he told Chuck Todd on uh, Sunday Meet the Press. Everybody knows that I walked into the speakership seven weeks ago with this process already in place, with this cake already baked. And so what I did is I went to work to make the best of this process, to get some good wins for conservatives, like lifting the oil export ban for the first time in 40 years, getting permanency on tax policy, getting some good riders, uh, limiting the IRS so that the IRS can't meddle in politics, making sure that we get more pro-life riders. So those are some wins we did get. But the point I would say is this is a process I inherited. I fully own that. But it's also a process that will help us get to what we call regular order next year, where we don't wind up with the same kind of situation uh, next year. That is my hope and that is my goal. Well, I could see some backpedaling on on the other side now. Um, Yeah, maybe Republicans got some things they want, but we control the House and the Senate. Why do we have to settle? Why do we have to settle for wasting money, stupid places? Um, the stuff that, the stuff that is that the good stuff that we did get $50 million for FEMA to grant funding to States to prepare for prevent and respond to terrorist attacks. Uh, is that for FEMA or should that be for the Homeland security? I think I'd rather give that to Homeland security than FEMA. I'd rather Homeland security, uh, stop the things from happening than worry about, uh, allocating money when it does happen. Um, Somehow, somehow, like Joey Jones said on my pro- program, you know, we don't pick when we're going to war. Our enemies do. That's how it is in the United States. It is, that's not how it is in other countries in the country. But in the United States, we don't pick our wars. We have the, we're, we're supposed to have the biggest and baddest uh, military, and we don't, we don't go to war to conquer. We just defend ourselves or retaliate. Um, it also lifts a decades-old decades ban on U.S. oil exports. Of course, they're not really drilling that much. I guess it'll allow the, the private lands that are drilling to export oil and sell it to other countries. That's a good thing. Additional $572.7 billion to military defense. So there's the money we lost in the sequester a couple of years ago. Guaranteed health coverage for 9-11 first responders and injured victims through the year 2090. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, $22 million for nuclear attack prevention program called Secure the Cities. Well, you know what? I don't know why we need this. If we could just... Do a uh, just ban just do a law that makes bombs illegal. That we don't have to worry about nuclear bombs or pipe bombs or any of that. Let's just why don't we just write a, a law that makes them illegal? We should we should have some new uh, legislation drawn up for bomb control, and that'll stop the bombs from from killing people. Because people don't kill people, bombs kill people. Let's see, did I leave anything off that list? Uh uh uh. Nope, that's the same thing. Okay, in light of these things, Ryan hopes conservatives will look at these aspects of the bill before saying that he betrayed them. He mentions a few more wins for the Republicans here. Members know that I am a movement conservative. They know that I am a doer and not a beer. I want to make sure that we have an agenda that we take to the American people that is rooted in our founding principles. This is what conservatives believe to give the country a very clear choice. And that's what we're excited and looking forward to in 2016. 
Well, you know, I would kind of, I would kind of agree that we see him as a conservative, as a true conservative, as a, as a, as a doer, not a, not a sayer or a, uh, whatever he said there. He's, he's a man of action and he's, and he's a smart guy, but I just don't understand if you're a smart guy, why can't you be a tough guy too? What is the problem? What is the problem with, with, uh, with being smart and being tough? I just don't, I just, how come you can't have a smart guy that's tough and smart? Oh yeah. Those are called millionaires. Okay. I got it. Okay. I got it. I figured it out. I was, I was talking to one of the guys at the office today and say, you know what? The problem with one of our guys is that they, that they're, they're not natural. It's not natural being an AH and he's in management. You know what? So, sometimes when, sometimes when you're a decision maker and a leader, you have to be a leader, not a manager. And I think, uh, this last clip, I think this last clip mentioned something about that. So uh, it also it also features writers that continue to provide for Obamacare through 2016, and yet Ryan still voices disdain for Obamacare to Chuck Todd. It's a law that is not working. It's a law that's depriving people's choices. It's a law that's making families pay double-digit premium increases. It's a law that's leading Medicare into a rationing scheme that's not going to work for seniors. Well, apparently he didn't say that, but let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, let me tell you some stuff about Obamacare since. Uh, since I have a few minutes left and I left myself these minutes because uh, last week I had surgery on my arm because uh, I used to be an arm wrestler and uh, I arm wrestled as an amateur in competition, won the world championship six times. And then I went pro and got my butt kicked fairly regularly. I got some seconds and some thirds and a lot of uh, butt kickings, but it was fun. You know, after high school, you get away from competing in sports, and it was a reason to uh, to stay in shape, and it was a reason to travel. And I stopped doing it in 2002 because the doctor took a look at my bicep tendon on the top of my bicep and said it had a hole in it. And then uh, when it breaks, what I what I need to do? And I said, what do you mean when it breaks? I said, if it breaks. So anyway, um, what he didn't know was the biceps that are the bicep tendon. On my at my elbows, which is what you really tear up in, as an arm wrestler, and, and when you're doing it for 20 years, I guess you leave some damage there. And so I broke broke uh, my left one on a week ago Saturday, and Wednesday I had had surgery uh, to have it repaired. And uh, while in Riverside Community Hospital, and you know what, I made some mentions about how screwed up the management is at Loma Linda University Medical Center, and and how mismanaged. It's it's not a wonder that these hospitals lose money because there's so much waste going on and there's so much, there's so much stuff that could be done more efficiently at these hospitals. Um, while I was in the, at, while I was in pre-op for like two hours before a nurse came in, uh, waiting for them to just stick a needle in my arm and give me an IV before I went into surgery. Um, had a chance to listen to some things going on. And then when the, the nurse finally came in, we got to talk to us about some stories and I thought it was bad in the mortgage business, but you know what? There's a story particular that this nurse told, uh, told, uh, Don and I, uh, Don, my wife and I, that apparently, uh, there was a doctor that authorized surgery on somebody as an outpatient, which means that, Hey, you come in, check in, we operate on you, you wake up and we send you home. No, we'd need to take up a, a hospital bed. The insurance company came back and said, well, we can authorize this as an inpatient because of the severity of the, of the surgery. But they said, Hey, we do this as outpatient all the time. Okay. We do it as outpatient all the time. So we don't have to spend anybody's money on a hospital bed when, if we don't have to, you know, if it need if they need to have a stay, we can, but we don't have to. So the insurance company 
said, well, we, this surgery can be authorized as an inpatient. They authorized it as an inpatient. And because when the, after the surgery was done, the, uh, and whether it ended up being inpatient or outpatient, the claim form started out as an outpatient, meaning the doctor requested just, hey, let me do the surgery and then pay for the, the, the operating room and whatever. The insurance company said, no, nah, we'll do it as inpatient. And then however it went down, because the form said inpatient at one part and outpatient, after it was done, a $500,000 hospital bill got denied the claim. So the insurance company said, hey, no, we're, we're denying the claim because the form isn't filled out right. She said the doctor got paid, the anesthesiologist got paid, but the hospital just ate it. Say, so, you know, how did the hospital just eat it? You know who pays for that? Taxpayers, folks. You and me. I will tell you that if anybody out there that thinks Obamacare was a good thing has never had to use it. And in the last two years, Don and I have fortunately or unfortunately had to use our insurance quite a bit for a few little issues. And I will tell you, I will tell you, I see hospital bills coming in now. Our, now our, our, uh, premiums have more than doubled in the last two years, uh, for what we pay and what our company pays for our employees, um, for the insurance and the, and the deductibles have gone way up. And when you see the claim forms come in, you see, I'll tell you on my wife's surgery said $193,000. Don and I paid 5,000. And the insurance company paid like 25000 and everybody else just ate the rest of the money. This wasn't anything to help the consumer because the consumer's costs are going up. And it wasn't to help doctors. It was to help insurance companies. So anyway, folks, that's, that's my rant on health care. And before I close up, this coming uh, Thursday is New Year's Eve. That's also Don and my 19th anniversary. And as, uh, as I've done for the last eight years, I want to say happy anniversary, my dear. I love you. And I'm going to close it with this, this uh, clip from the family man. And we're in love. After 19 years of marriage, we're still unbelievably in love. You won't even let me touch you till I've said it. I sing to you. Not all the time, but, but definitely on special occasions. You know, we've, we've dealt with our share of surprises and, and, and made a lot of sacrifices, but we stayed together. You see, you're a better person than I am. And it made me a better person to be around you. Happy anniversary, my dear. Don Hoffman, my lovely wife, and uh, thanks for listening to the main event, everybody. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you in 2016. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.